Tom, are you okay? I lost her. Her? She was going to be this epic, trilogy-worthy character. I was going to be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act One! You need some writer's group therapy. Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're Writers Helping Writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And if you want to find us online, you can do so at writersgrouptherapy.com. We're also on Twitter at WG Therapy. And our individual handles? Uh, Tom underscore Loveman on Twitter and Tom Loveman on Instagram. And I am at Moon Lily Music on Instagram and at Roshni Lamino on Twitter. That's where you can find us. So it's so funny. We were talking about branding before we got on today's episode. And I think maybe because I've had to do so many of those stupid personal essays, but branding is a really interesting thing for writers. I wonder if it's as important as it is for actors and singers and stuff like that. Because if you've ever watched, say, American Idol or, you know, The Voice or something, and when they start narrowing down people, they do those personal interviews and they always have the sob story of like, I came on the show for my mom who passed away and I love her. And, you know, and then you're like, okay, take my vote because you're just like, oh, it's such a great story, you know? And, and there was Hollywood stories. Like, I think it was Zoe Saldana who had like 20 bucks to her name and then she landed Avatar, you know, things like that where people nearly gave up on Hollywood and then yeah. the big break happened. But what is your writer's story and does it matter if you have one? Well, I think anytime, you know, somebody, you know, achieves some form of success and then you kind of wonder not how they did it, it's always interesting to see how they did. And, you know, we always like to applaud people who, you know, overcome adversity or physical issues or mental issues to rise above and be successful. I mean, that's kind of, you know, the hero story we all like. For writers, though, it seems like they just want to know if we can write. <laughs> can you write something that people will watch? I, I love American Ninja Warrior. They do the same thing there. It seems like you can't be a competitor on there if you haven't, you know, gone through a gauntlet of adversity and health problems and personal, you know, tragedy. And maybe it makes for good television, you know, because people like to root for an underdog and uh, see people succeed when they've, you know, had to deal with so much hardship. But for writers, I think we all deal with hardship. And then once we're successful, I don't think anyone really, you know, goes, oh, remember when he was living in that tiny studio apartment behind the Roosevelt Hotel and walking to work and giving tours in Hollywood? Uh, you know, it's stuff like that. Nobody ever really thinks about that. I mean, maybe because writers are more behind the scenes. But I wonder also now that there's a bigger push for diversity and stuff like that, I would argue, especially um, for people of color, having a, a writer's story, like a backstory, is a big deal. Sure, absolutely. You know, and especially when people are writing about, you know, the worlds that they came from and the adversity they had to overcome. So if you, you, you grew up in the south side of Chicago, where you're, you know, you deal with violence and gun violence and drugs and gangs, you know, and you actually, you know, got out of there and got an education and learned to write or wrote, wrote about that, you know, and how you survived that. That's truly impressive. And, you know, to overcome the, that, that kind of uh, ordeal to succeed. So, I mean, so you're kind of saying 
in a general sense, it doesn't matter, but maybe for like specialized pieces, your backstory does matter. Well, I'm, I mean, I can't exactly write, you know, get out. I don't have, you know, I mean, you know, Jordan Peele has a unique perspective on that and he's bringing some really cool stuff to the theater that yeah. only he can bring, you know, or a person of color could bring. There are people who are going to try to write a movie like that and everyone's going to go, yeah, sure. If I wrote it, they'd look at me and go, oh, how did the uh, middle-aged white Jewish guy from Cleveland, you know, write this story about, you know, growing up in the South side of Chicago or whatever. <laughs> So I definitely think people who have those stories should tell them and as part of their, you know, why they wanted to be a writer, it should definitely be part of that. Mine's my story will never be quite as interesting. Not necessarily. I don't know. It's been an interesting ride. I mean, okay, so that that's actually a really good point. You know, so I'm a minority woman, you're a white guy. Um, <laughs> I've been told. If people weren't sure, right? But I mean, you know, especially because I am applying to fellowships and, and stuff like that geared towards minorities. So I'm constantly asked in personal essays, you know, when did you overcome diversity? What was it like being a minority? And they do ask in, in a roundabout way, what is your story as a writer? Now, I know you're not necessarily applying for those same fellowships, but no one's ever approached you and, and asked for your backstory. Like when you go into a pitch for, you know, to an agent or something and you're selling yourself as a, as a writer, they never say, and, and who is Tom Loveman? No, of course they do. And I think in my case, you know, I grew up in a suburban family, middle class, upper middle class. So my story is not, not about the adversity I overcame. It's more about the creativity and why I want to be a writer. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've written personal statements and, you know, I spent years working in marketing and advertising. I guess my one unique diversity thing you might, you might consider as my age. Cause I didn't start doing this until I was like 40. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, you know, the 20 something kind of millennial coming up out of, you know, film school. So that's, you know, but that's not really any, anything particularly that, you know, groundbreaking. But, you know, I, I try to tell, you know, people how, you know, I decided to, to pursue this because it's definitely something different that I didn't plan on doing when I was, you know, in school. Making a big change in your life, in midlife like this is not easy to do. And I moved all the way across the country from my family and have kind of, you know, struggled here in L.A., but no more than anyone else. I don't think I deserve any extra credit for that. So I just focus on being a good writer. Mm -hmm. Which... Obviously, that's always where it starts is you focus on the craft and, you know, the cream rises to the top. But I would argue with social media being such a big deal nowadays, even as a writer, you know, and you're kind of more behind the scenes, I would argue your backstory probably matters more than you think it does. Because, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit more for, you know, people who are vis more visible, like a singer, like an actor, even a director, you know. but um, I follow various creatives on Instagram and it's amazing how much of their personal story plays into their, uh, creative, you know, branding. And so I would argue because of social media, you know, even when you're putting yourself up as a writer, you're like, I love horror and I love, um, drama. And that's because when I was a kid, I used to sit in front of, you know, watching Star Trek all day with my, you know, uncle or something. I don't know, whatever your backstory is for why it was my time. mom, but yeah, it was 
It was Star Trek and it was my mom. But you you know what I'm saying, yeah. though? And that makes fans endear to sure. you because now they feel they know who Tom is. I love Star Trek, too. And I used to watch it with my, my grandma who, you know, my parents died. And so I watch it with grandma and it, you know, gives me warm fuzzies whenever I see Star yeah. Trek, you know, that kind of thing. And so because of social media, I think your backstory and your branding matters more than ever, even if you think it doesn't. Well, and kind of the devil that devil's advocate is that is sometimes it can matter too much. Sometimes, yes, sometimes true. we say things on, I'm, I'm very careful on what I post online. Cause I know that that's never going to be go away. People that always comes back to haunt you. It seems. And, you know, James mm-hmm. Gunn and, you know, some of these other directors and producers, you know, they could have said stuff 10 years ago on social media, but it's still out there and it's, you know, hurt some careers. It's uh, helped some careers. It's, uh, but it's definitely something you should, you know, pay attention to. So your story, I guess, you know, you kind of have to watch, you know, if you're young now and you're starting out, think about that. You know, if you're starting your career now and in 10 years, you're going to be wanting to working in Hollywood and stuff, what are you putting out online and how's that going to reflect on you as a person, you know, when you're out here working with people? Because your, your story, obviously, who you are as a person and where you come from, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that matters to people because, you know, we're in a people business at the end of the day. You know, we have to work with a lot of people from a lot of different places and yeah. walks of life and socioeconomic things. And everything you do, um, you know, is is going to color how you are able to work with others. Yeah. And, and the most interesting thing about all those cases, that would be a whole nother podcast, is people's stories and lives and even beliefs evolve and change. But it is amazing how you will be held on the hook for a belief you might have had 10 mm-hmm. years ago. We're seeing so, that very prominently today in yeah, a, lot of, so a lot of areas. In part of your backstory, like maybe, I, I mean, this is like totally left field, but maybe, you know, you thought that everyone should, you know, kill kittens or something. And then, you, oh, became God. A, you know what I mean? And then 10 years later, you're like, I love nature and animals or something but whatever you put out there and your it, it becomes all part of your narrative so you do have to watch you know what i'm saying yeah. that was maybe a little extreme please no, don't yeah. kill kittens but yeah, yeah. roshni has two cats it's okay yeah. but you know what i'm saying like, never do that. you know if you had a strong belief one way and then you change your mind 10 years later if you put it out there it becomes part of your narrative and yeah and it's yeah. not that it's not that you know that you can't evolve and grow over time, but your writer's story is going to be part of your, your whole career. Make it a good one, right? Yeah, that's good advice. So how about for all of you, what is part of your writer's story? Let us know at WG Therapy. And you can also find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. We'll see you next week. 